Oh, Ben, you want to take this one? No, this is your fault, dude. You started this. <laughs> All right, let's run with that. The Big Red Couch, a podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Hello, listener, and welcome to episode 100 of The Big Red Couch. Apparently, all of this, everything you're about to hear, and depending on how we edited this, everything you've already heard is my fault personally. Today or tonight, depending on where on earth you are, on the show, we've got myself, Greg. In New Zealand, we have... Ben, hello. And very kindly joining us... From way the hell across that big wet thing, we have... Hello. Hello. So, go That's right. Hi! <laughs> I told you we needed a matching order. <laughs> yeah. I, I can introduce. I can introduce, if because we're so poorly rehearsed. Uh, I'm at five, and I'm saying hello. Next year is Nikki. Hi. That's... <laughs> I barely heard you. <laughs> I've been chastised. I... Uh, 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 I'm trying to go alphabetical. Andros. Hello. That's Andros. Excellent. Blind Geek. How's it going? Uh, Mark Kinney. Hello, all. Trilobite. Hey. Uh, if I left anybody out, boy, it's going to be pretty sad. So there it was. Yeah, the, the Scottish Skypes. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Ben. We're very happy to be here for your 100th episode. I'm done. Huzzah. Thank you. Yes, thank you for joining us on this auspicious occasion. We had no idea we would get this far, and we looks like we're going to go yet further. So well, welcome, Excellent. everyone. Happy 100th. Happy. Yay. Here, here. Happy 100th. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Two hundredths for a little while ago, I grant you. <laughs> to your because two hundred. Come on, double century. Crazy. Don't rub it in. Like it. Thank you. <laughs> Standing on our heads. Yeah. And if we're lucky, by the time we reach twenty twenty five, no twenty five twenty five, monkeys took my jetpack might actually get to episode ninety. Or maybe yeah, even but, episode hey. twenty two. <laughs> oh. oh. Hey, wait a minute now. Which one? Which one was it? Was it Craig or uh, Ben that actually RPG'd as a monkey and stole a jetpack? That's definitely Craig. That would be me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's at least a little bit fabulous. I'd, I'd like to say lifelong goal, but honestly, it was only while it was happening that it occurred to me. Yes, <laughs> lifelong goal. So retrospective lifelong goal. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Very happy to hear that. So what are you guys going to do now that your life is pretty much over? This is it. I mean, it's, it doesn't get any better than this. You're right. I'm sorry. I was, I was, I was I quoting know. a 70s teen idol. <laughs> I figured I'd Let's start bring a really, out the cake. really self-indulgent YouTube channel and just tell sad tales of the sea. Perfect. Hmm. Sad tales of the sea? <laughs> are there any other well, kind? I'd listen to that. Go on, then. Seagulls, not catch the fish. Craig, I thought you were using Python these days, but... Oh. <laughs> well, oh. Craig and Ben, enjoy this time in your life, because this is the time when you still have your choices. 
You know, in your teens, you think yeah. you can do anything, and you do. Your 20s are a blur. You get to your 30s, and you find yourself saying, hey, what happened to my 20s? Your 40s. Okay, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. But <laughs> but you get into your 100s, and you go, what? 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 Speak up there. Where's my we thing? A, what? We, we hadn't had a city slickers reference in a very long time, so I thought I would just throw one in there. Ah, uh, that was that's get off my lawn uphill Who both ways. <laughs> Who am I? What? Craig. Yes. We haven't spoken to you since you had your long day's journey into Scotland. <gasps> Scotland. Oh, oh yeah. We've only heard oh, about yeah. that from a distance. Was it fabulous? Survived oh. it and, and should be proud, but what the wow, what was up with that? <laughs> What was I'm trying to remember what was going on with the long day's journey into Scotland, <laughs> and I'm completely blanking. So really, I'm showing my age. It's very thematic. I asked if he was following the march of the haggis. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, it was like November, late December. Were you? Oh, I misunderstood. Rambling, were you rambling around the whiskey tasting trail, and that's why you're not remembering? Shame. I can neither confirm nor deny that potentially <laughs> <Yes>. accurate statement. <laughs> Personally, can or will. Many bottles did you bring home? <laughs> nope, I am. I am currently based in England. I would say sunny old England, but. It's not. It's the middle of winter. The sun sets at 4.30 in the afternoon, and it's cold and dark all of the time. Probably going by the international clock, 4.30 in the afternoon was two days ago for you? More or less, yeah. Yeah, I think that's about right. It's, um, <laughs> let's see, it's uh, Wednesday here, so that means it's the Jurassic period where you are, right? Mm. <laughs> yep. About oh, uh in the Jurassic period. Wow. Um, how have you all been? Meh. No, no. <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> you complain. <laughs> well, I can, but I won't. <laughs> I don't want to bother you with my troubles. I We've could some... complain, but why bother? <laughs> Nothing ever comes of it anyway, and you just the list have is something so else long. to complain about. <laughs> so great, in other well, words, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've I've had beautiful weather. Oh, you in Florida? Shut up! <laughs> That's a thing going on down there, right? <sighs> go go, go stick an orange in your mouth, an orange. I'm sorry. I hope you might get a cold snap tonight. It might get down into the forties. So you stay safe, okay? I mean... Proper winter weather. Actually, we do too, but the temperatures are finally dropping. Woohoo! So I'm very excited. <laughs> We got down to 17 last night. Ooh, Ooh, we're not there yet. We've only had frost once. Arr! But, you know, it's supposed to get into the 30s. Oh, little frost? Jack Frost, get lost, get yeah. lost. Yeah, I, I went out uh, to get the paper the other morning, and there was finally some frost on the ground. It only took to December, like, 3rd or something. So We ought to clarify that we are talking Fahrenheit here. Mm. I was yes. figuring yeah, yeah, that yeah. the 17 had oh. me confused. I that sounds mighty <laughs> cold. Yeah, we we can make that allowance. That that's fine. I'm so bad at translating. You lived on like Pluto. So oh, okay. <laughs> it's not been zero yet. How about that? Well, don't forget the coldest day on Earth is the same as the warmest day on Mars. <laughs> is it? 
Well, that's something to think about. <laughs> that's kind of sweet in a way. <laughs> yes. It's murderously sub-zero somewhere all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but not here. And that's why I'm bitter. So. <laughs> yeah, here here in the Upside Down, we've had that thing where in the start of December, the Bhutakawa the trees bloom a lovely red, most of the grass dies, and the roads become sticky. Well, that's right, summertime for you, isn't it? Sticky road. Yeah, yeah, that's just, and this is yeah. all sort of like in the last week, and it's just come down, it's come down like a hammer. <laughs> so. Does it normally rain where you live? Frequently. Much? Yeah. Frequently? So you've been having... And you have been having rain, right? Not for the moment. It's been it's actually ah. dried up for a little time. There's this El Nino is it seems to be in full effect this year. So it's gonna get dry. Bad for the billabong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or at least the at least the the local water reservoirs. Have you ever had a rain of wombats? I would be <laughs> fabulous. That would be horrifying. <laughs> Well, you have uh, to catch them. You don't let them bounce. That would be mean. They are cute, <laughs> but they're kind of chunky. They would. <laughs> so, what's wrong with that? They're just big boned. It's just the way nature is. It's Real wombats have curves. That's right. <laughs> it's only a problem if you're a car. Built for comfort, not for speed. Damn it! <laughs> they're not very aerodynamic, oh, I and mean, that that would be a problem. I know. Razor sharp wombats. <laughs> I used to bullseye wombats in my P16 back home. Oh, boy. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Ooh. you. If you, if, if you cross a wombat with a sugar glider, think of that. Oh, that would yeah, be lies madness. They'd be immensely bat. cute flying wombats. Yeah, you spent so long figuring out whether or not you could, you didn't stop to think if you should. <laughs> the most adorably destructive creature You could have ever. a sugar womb ranch. <laughs> And we would just play and fly. And try Sugar to Wom Ranch sounds like something you'd find outside Las Vegas. <laughs> I know. <laughs> or some really scary kind of salad dressing. Oh. <laughs> like weirdly introduced by like Ben Vereen or something. <laughs> when I'm eating a salad, the thing I like to put on there is some nice, yummy Sugar Wom Ranch. <laughs> Everyone's afraid to even ask. <laughs> That's their tagline. Everyone's afraid to even ask. That's awesome. Now in Blurg. <laughs> <laughs> and we have we've been drawn together to discuss the weighty topic of international detective dragons from outer space. Oh. That is indeed a weighty topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This the one topic is either Blind Anim Geek's been... or Anim's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's... So wanting to place blame. Have you noticed this, lads? It's Anim's fault because he's anyway? been teasing us for how many years now? Let's see, we've been doing the show for since 2008, uh, and he's been doing IDDFOS FFS. since uh, the uh, dawn of dawn. time. So 2006. Oh, oh, really? See, when dinosaurs wow. roamed the Earth. Yeah. I did not realize it was only two years. Okay, my bad. I, now I feel bad for, even though it was a joke, I, I did not know. Anyway, um, <laughs> it's 11 because when years. I found it, it, it had like 70 episodes. I was a latecomer, you see. So anyway, uh, he's been teasing us with finding out how, uh, that better be, I'll deal with that in a second. Um, 
Sorry, sorry. <laughs> off, off mic noise that you guys don't hear. There's the MacGyver theme. And if she's watching an episode of the new series without me, I'm going to skin her alive. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Okay. That's what but, Devo, uh, Tivo, Devo, whatever the hell it's called. That's what that's for. That's not the point. That's the, it's, it's not the point. It's not the point. Anyway, man. Um, I had no idea think... Devo were even in MacGyver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they totally left Dude, the not as relevant. and went to TV land. Okay, it's the original, so I don't care as much. Okay. <laughs> you can tell much. by the theme music. I like that qualifier as okay. much. Yeah, well, you know. And of course, Devo is, you know, whenever a problem comes along, they help him with it. No, no, they've been teasing. He's been teasing us with the story of how it got its name since probably since the first episode of International Detective Dragons from Outer Space. So I'm hoping that maybe, maybe, just maybe, now on a completely different podcast, he will give us the story. I suspect that after all the game ideas that spring from that particular phrase are given forth tonight, that the actual reason. IDDFOS was named International Detective Dragons from Outer Space will be very, very boring and anticlimactic. <laughs> I suspect you're right, but I still want to know! <laughs> or we'll be subtly retconned to take the best bits of the ideas we come up with. <laughs> I've never GM'd like that. Has anyone else here? No, 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 no. No, 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 no of course no, not. No. <laughs> Good. The conspiracy continues. <laughs> yes. Such information cannot be released here where it could be heard by literally tens of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, more than that. The long tail. The long tail. Awesome. And I guess as a crossover episode, and possibly as a quick, like, you know, checking the temperature of the corpse, um, we should actually do our format and explain what we what the idea is because when does the last time we actually explained ourselves craig i mean in specific rather than general oh um so we're taking that court case out okay um in that case oh, sometime in like the single digit episodes i think indeed so so it's probably uh, time it probably is it probably is would you like to take this uh, this opportunity to um to restate our, our mission statement. Sorry, I just came from work. Uh, I'll sit down. I, I was wondering where the, the corporate speak was coming from, but I didn't want to judge <laughs> more than I already was. All right. For, for, yes, for anybody who's come across from the gutter Skype's place to our couch, that worked better in my head. <laughs> the, the goal here is to take the phrase International Detective Dragons from Outer Space and then try to pitch a game based on that phrase, however loosely. That's basically it. It's worked for 100 episodes so far. I am genuinely not sure how. <laughs> Some things you just don't, don't, don't question. Yep. If it just, ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Don't look behind the couch. You don't want to know. <laughs> So, who's come armed with game pitches? Me! Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyone. Wow. Anyone at all. Make a noise. Me, 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 me. Pick me, me, me. Oh, oh. Leaping up and down. Leaping up and down. Leaping up and down. 
Well, I didn't know what we were meant to be doing this evening, so mm. probably I should go first. I mean, it sounds like no one else has anything, so... Um... Somebody will say my idea, which is not all that good anyway, but it's my idea, damn it, and then I won't... God, I wish someone would just volunteer. <laughs> all right, I'll doing this, Somebody but, uh... from the audience. Um, Nick. Me! <laughs> oh, I'll do it. Oh, did you say yes? Oh, all right. If you insist. Tradition. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fine, fine. I'll. This go is where we need the the like bingo machine, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Nikki went first in episode fifty as well, so establish a tradition. Did I? Mm-hmm. Oh crap! I'm sorry. No, then I'll go last. Mm. <laughs> no, no, no. Tradition. Tradition is important. <laughs> tradition. It happens more than once. It's a tradition. Tradition. Yes. Tradition. Yeah. Okay, you guys Good are going to hear it and you're going to groan because it's really, really dorky. Good. At an episode 52. <laughs> okay. No, that was, that was the RuPaul idea. That was Yeah, that was RuPaul's <laughs> spectral drag race. That was a hoot. That sounds fantastic. So, so this was my idea and I actually would love to play it sometime if we did it. So it's, it's actually a multidimensional oodleplex of galaxies based game of clue and you get four international <laughs> stellar detective dragons i love inter- it interstellar right no wait ah i should have written this down because i wrote the initials and now i'm all confused from outer space you get those dragons who are detectives indeed detectives and they have to sort out who done it like mad dr zog from the planet fork with the killer robot in the big red button you know that sort of thing i kind of want to play this too <laughs> in the tenth dimension, well, there should be multi dimensions too. So it could be two dimensions, and they would be, you know, flat. And I'm not sure how a two dimensional object create havoc, but I'd sort that out. All right, mull it over. I'll work out the details. Off you go. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. No, yeah. Don't. I picture a parts for each dimension. The dimension, well, maybe the dimensions make it too hard, but you could have an oodleplex of galaxies and you would get spaceships to go from place to place. Hmm. Who blew so up the could, planet Zircon or whatever, and you have to sort <laughs> that out. You could picture it almost like a, uh, like a, either an actual board, like Clue, with the different rooms being different galaxies or universes, or you could do that as like maybe a narrative board, it sounds like. I like that idea. And you're kind of like moving from different universe to different universe, picking up the different, well, clues and whatnot. Yes. Hmm. Yes. In my head, it was like virtual reality. <laughs> so you would get your spaceship and you would drive from place to place or jump from place to place or whatever it is, warp thingy, and then appear. Ta-da! So like, who who completely annihilated the seas of Max 77 planet thingy? I, I don't have any of my terminology because I didn't write it down. It was all floating in my head. But yeah, but then you would have to announce it like like you do with Clue. And the game master, like you would, oh, oh, yes, you would have a game master. And that the answer would be in a big, shiny, intergalactic, intergalactic, that's the word. <laughs> in a big sealed envelope. Hmm. And if you get it wrong, you self-destruct. I think that ups the stakes a little bit. Just a tad, yeah. Makes you a better detective. A <laughs> Wait, if you get it wrong, 
it's the character self-destruct or the player no, self-destruct? She player said self-destruct. you self-destruct. Self-destruct. I think it's much more interesting. Yes, the, <laughs> if it's the player that self-destructs. Yes, the player I mean, self-destructs. It, it's a high-stakes game, but I think <laughs> with a title of such sweeping magnitude, it needs to be. <laughs> Terrific game, but you can only play it once. <laughs> well, the winner can play it again, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And that will lead you into marketing problems because you can only sell the game to a given person on average once. No, most people are cockier than that would think they'd win. Mm. You could probably mm. get you could get them to purchase it and family and friends to buy it for them. Well, see, so. that's the thing. The game says some assembly required on the box, and everybody assumes it has to do with the pieces inside the box. It actually has to do with the players after the game is completed. Yeah, well, Just simple, Stephanie. These days, you, if you can sell all of these like legacy versions of all of these, these these games where you make the changes to the game with each iteration that you play, and there was a role-playing game called Sweet, Sweet Agatha, I think, some time back, where the I, I, idea was that you, you would cut the book up. Oh. Wow. Exactly. So, so it's... Like it. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was the one by Neil Diamond. I remember now. It came with its own theme song, just like Carnal. <laughs> oh, man. And nobody touches that one. No. <laughs> I mean, we're, that, that we're all agreed in all senses of the word. <laughs> so we're looking at that was my sad little idea. Off you go, somebody I else. Like no, that's good. I, I would, I would go full psychedelia with it. Yeah. If you cannot airbrush the scene from the game onto the side of a van, yes. it's just not good enough. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And you'd have to have terrible, terrible dragon XP is of various classic detectives, of course. Yeah. Right. You'd have the the noir detective, and you would have you would have the bumbling detective, a la Peter Falk, and you would have oh Columbo. Wait, was that that was Peter Falk, right? Yep. Columbo. Yep. Yep. Yeah. One and you would have the debonair detective. Ooh, but they'd all be dragons. Would they have different traits? Yeah. So, claws. So which fire. one is the is the Batman dragon? Because he is <laughs> a detective. People forget that. <laughs> mm. Is he? I thought he just showed up and, like, you know, smacked heads around and stuff. Yeah, yeah I think it was like a broody CrossFit enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> That's the tagline for the next film. Now I'm picturing a dragon with a pencil-thin mustache. Dragon acupuncture. Oh, that's beautiful. I will get to the bottom of this case. I can feel it in my bones. <laughs> my dragon bones. I like it. Right, maybe we get rid of the multi-dimensions. I think that might make, too, make it too difficult. But definitely, and it has to be big, big crimes, like planets going missing or disappearing or or things like that. Uh, I think the, the actually going to different, certainly different bizarre locales, and they may as well be in different dimen- adjacent dimensions, I think sells mm. the, the, the bigness, the over-the-top sort of And then we can make a movie of it. <laughs> <laughs> Would you have to film it in black and white for that film noir look? Yeah, <laughs> just some scenes with voiceover that focus on the character. Because <laughs> yeah, each dragon gets his own. If if you're a noir dragon, then yes, it's black and white. And if you're a if you're a more modern stylized dragon, then you get whatever your your mood and look would be. 
That would be confusing as a movie, wouldn't it? Where mm. the hell am I? What the hell am I looking at? <laughs> All right, I'll keep with the board game for the time being. <laughs> Make Clue so much more fun. Okay, that was oh, my little idea. That one links into an idea that Kev um, sent yeah. in Ooh. that I could I could read out at this point yeah. if that works. Mm -hmm. All right, Kev writes in. I will very much not be able to make the recording, which sucks, because conferences are terrible, and anyone who suggests organizing one should be hurled into the sea by law. <laughs> like the physical force of legal existence just propels them off a cliff. Yes. Ah. Kev writes, The anime Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid is a fun show that's centered around the life and times of an interdimensional dragon who is really into living as a maid as a lifestyle choice and the misunderstandings <laughs> that come from being a dragon while doing so. So my idea for international detective dragons from outer space is that it's a game about a similar premise. A collection of otaku who happen to be dragon men, women, NBs, etc. from outer space and different planets, of course, because that's just sensible, who've decided to live on Earth as detectives. The extra fun part is that each of these monomaniac dragons is fixated on clearly the best detective to live as, which means, as they're embracing different stereotypes, national and otherwise, of who and what a detective is, all confused by the fact that they're filtering their understanding of what it all means through the fact that they're also immensely powerful alien dragons with little grasp of how human culture actually works in practice. For example... <laughs> Someone fixated on being an American detective is likely to think it's not actually legal to solve crimes before being kicked off the case for being a loose cannon and forced to turn in their badge because television. <laughs> <laughs> of course, ah. they're going to have a very different worldview than somebody obsessed with living as a PI, both American in theory, but very different stereotypes and eras are involved, and the dragons haven't noticed and or don't understand and or don't care. All the PCs are dragons who know each other, and likely get into nerd fights about whose fandom is best. Also, they try to solve crimes. Probably illegally, and with no official <laughs> sanction at all. Maybe putting up flyers badly advertising their own personal detective services. A collection of dragon detectives super seriously approaching the mystery of who's knocking over dustbins and annoying the neighbourhood watch would be fun. At least if you're me. <laughs> Give suggested systems either Atomic Robo or Fate Accelerated Edition and comments that basically he wants comparatively narrative systems that shortcut us to dealing with what happens when Dragon's lifestyle cosplaying as Sam Spade, Poirot, Detective Conan, multiple versions of Sherlock and the like try to survive day to day. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I particularly like multiple versions of Sherlock. The idea of a whole party <laughs> made of multiple versions of Sherlock trying to out Sherlock one another. Jeremy Brett yeah, version and the Cumberbatch version. And <laughs> I know there's one one version out there where Sherlock is in fact a complete idiot, and it's Watson who's who's the brains of the operation. Without Ooh, a clue, that's the name of that movie. Ah. Been, uh, there's also been, the series Sherlock Warlock. Yeah, which is kind of that same idea. Huh. Is Sherlock Warlock? It's Sherlock something or Warlock. I think it's Super Hulock. I think that's what you're looking for. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I've seen no, a couple no, of episodes of Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd it. century. There, there is a book where oh, wow. it's Warlock. His his name is, is uh, he, he is a warlock, and he's a that's, moron. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking of. He demon or something, so his power comes from this demon, yeah. and every time he uses it, it's getting closer and closer to taking him over, but he can't seem to yeah. stop himself. He's an absolute twit. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I read that. That's it was the one. Fun. <laughs> that is the one. 
Yeah. Thanks, Nikki. I I was butchering well, it, so I'm glad you. I made it up. And without a clue is a is a I feel rather underrated comedy from the late '80s, early '90s with Ben Kingsley and Michael Caine, which is awesome. Which one is Michael Caine? Uh, Michael Caine plays the uh, the actor who is playing Sherlock Holmes. Oh. And uh, and Ben Kingsley is is playing Doctor John Watson. Who also writes these stories for the Strand about Sherlock Holmes? And there you go. I really like the idea of all these characters uh, really digging into their genres. Also, it seems like you could provide some good tags, maybe even mechanically, to motivate players to do that with all kinds of great Fallout. Yeah, any any kind of aspect that you can draw on for. Yeah, I am doing something that's completely in character and utterly stupid. Give me a fake point. <laughs> we'll yep. we'll have the players crawling over broken glass to do dumb things, <laughs> like crawling over broken glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I pictured the Columbo version of uh, one of the dragons just. Stopping suddenly as he moves away and turning. Oh, uh, just one more thing, and, and his wing knocks over three or four houses. <laughs> yes, exactly what I was picturing when you Oh, beg your pardon. Oh, so sorry. Oh, is that a problem? Sorry. Oh, oh shoot! Where did you get those? Showing up truly enormous, <laughs> an eye peering into a forty-third story office. Uh, excuse me, I know you're very busy. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. I don't know how do we how do we do we just jump in? I'd say jump in. Yep. Okay. First of all, before I give my idea, I would like to address something. I just want I just listened to ninety nine last night, uh, and you guys are wondering about Hobomancer and whether or not it uh, has uh, rules for trains and and whatnot, and it does. Excellent. Uh, it's a, it's a great game. So, but if you, you can ignore haven't, them. If you Go haven't, oh, you don't oh, like yeah, it, you just could, ignore it. But I mean, <laughs> trains are a big part of being hobo, so it'd be kind of weird to i mean they're not it's a rule it's 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 quags so they're not super complex rules but there are rules for like how to jump on the train and and stuff like that so so anyway just wanted to clarify that my idea is kind of a it could have been and in fact one of the systems i recommend for it would be cartoon action hour it's it could have been an 80s cartoon series and the title would be uh international detective dragons from outer space and what it is is there was a, way off in space. There's a star, uh, and a, and uh, around this star are planets which are inhabited by dragons. And uh, they, they um, any civilization needs its law enforcement. So you have uh, uh, dragon, or uh, I don't know what you call it, some fire force or something like that. But it's the it's the dragon police essentially. And at some point, something which, you know, the details are sketchy because I just thought of this last night because I just, but uh, something happens and these, the, the dragons who are the player characters uh, have been exiled, yet they're also going after these uh, criminals who have managed, who are also exiled and wind up on earth. And these dragons are, are able to transform themselves into humans. So these dragons, who are the d- detectives, go to Earth, and they're trying to get leads on where or who these these uh, criminals are. And in doing so, they are constantly running into people and solving mysteries. And sometimes those mystery- mysteries take a supernatural vent, and in- inevitably a 
monstrosity climax ensues where they have reason to transform into their true selves, which are the dragons, of course. And I figure to get the international angle in here, there are so many different cultures that have really cool dragon pantheons. Mm -hmm. So you would have the typical uh, Middle Ages Euro uh, European myth dragon, and you might have uh, a Chinese dragon um, or any number of them. I think there's a bunch in, in different cultures. So you've got, that, that would be the, the, that's kind of the gimmick is it's instead of just doing your generic dragon, these are uh, dragons with different, they're based on dragons from different cultures around the world. Awesome. And uh, they have different attributes to reflect that. So they are yeah. international detective dragons from outer space. Nice. Yeah. Okay. I, I had one that's a little similar in that I was going to go full, um, um, what do you call it? Full. Monty. Oh, no, full, <laughs> full Sam Spade sort of um, film noir sort of thing where uh, the dragons are in human form like that. And they are detectives, except that they get themselves involved in like James Bond style um, conspiracies and, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. national intrigues. And the tie back to the original international detective dragons from outer space might be that you might nev not ever see them as dragons. They might just allude to being from outer space or being dragons from time to time. Mm. Right. Mm. Frustratingly reference the fact that they might be outer space dragons. Oh, I love it. But no <laughs> abilities, no traits, nothing in the game ever ties into that except for weird offhand references. Back right. on Zark, we used yeah. to do blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I had a fairly similar riff too, but I was focusing a lot more on how you have the whole reptoid part of like UFO lore, and granted, you want to be careful of that because you can go into some rather nasty places if you dig in the wrong directions, but I had... No, don't this, listen I, to him. Dig as deep and as fast as you can. <laughs> I had this idea of, of like back on the home world, you know, there's been a coup or just a general change of government there and they want to take a more benevolent view of the world of, of these other worlds and so they're sending agents to root out the agents that they'd sent before and with the same kind of deal there you've got the ones from the different from the different uh, dragon mythologies and that and there and the idea is that they have to root out these hidden agents, you know, figure out who are the hidden agents and root them out. Uh, and that's where Eat the them. detective part comes in. And, mm -hmm. well, it's quite possible they are dragons. Mm -hmm. um, you know how that goes. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, very similar kind words. of... Oh, boy, don't I. <laughs> Both of those weirdly put me in mind of a very strange crossover of The Incredible Hulk and alias Smith and Jones <laughs> <laughs> of just the, these characters who are enormously powerful and it's all going to go terribly wrong if they actually use it. Also, they're desperately, desperately trying to, to be the good guys and getting blamed for everything. Yes. <laughs> Dig it. Do they, do they have to walk off into the sunset at the end to sad music? <laughs> I think in Blind Geeks one, absolutely. That that has to be required. <laughs> Ideally, it should be raining 
and they're in an alleyway inexplicably. <laughs> As I understand it, that's how that's that's where most of the episodes of uh, Incredible Hulk seem to take place in sort of alleyways with crunchable objects around seemed to be yeah. that it went mm. <laughs> and purple trousers for some reason every once in a while a building would go and well didn't mean to do that sorry <laughs> <laughs> mr k seems to have a nice dollop of paranoia in it too because yeah who's the who's the good dragon who's the the Secret dragon. dragon. Oh. Yeah, yeah. It's intending to be something... a good dragon. Can you trust this dragon? No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, it's you know. it, it's it's something <laughs> definitely very much in the like uh, Delta Green mold, possibly. Yeah. What if you had that within yes. the party, where some of the people or all of the people are members of these different factions? Dra- <laughs> like <It's>... paranoia. <laughs> yes. I was going to say Draconis complex. Mm. Oh. <laughs> Trust no one, stay alert, mm. and keep your fire charge handy. <laughs> of, 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 of course, to a little bit more fun with mine, imagine making a, uh, a fiasco set where you're playing the reverse version. You are the hidden, the, 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 the hidden former Preptoid agents, and you're trying to avoid the incoming uh, international detective dragons from outer space, and they have their own tilt table which indicates when they show up <laughs> huh. kind of like the uh, harry dresden one in in that in, in that in, in in that one dresden files based fiasco set oh no it's those dreaded international detective dragons from outer space Marr, we gotta get out of here see we gotta go we gotta scat <laughs> <laughs> the wise guy in the corner kept slapping a blackjack into his palm and i was ready to breathe fire <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I was ready. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I said too much. Ooh, it's a metaphor, man. A metaphor. <laughs> nice. Yeah. You don't have any gold on you, do you, Jules? <laughs> <I'm insane. laughs> Forget I asked. Forget I asked. <laughs> My wife always said I was a first-class hoarder. <laughs> <laughs> that actually ties back to Tonya's suggestion, so which I will, hmm. I will relate. She was unable to make the podcast, but I'll read out what she sent through to us. Hi, Tonya here with an idea for Show 100, International Detective, colon, Dragons from Outer Space. Uh-oh. Oh! A game about podcasters trying to put on a show. Unbeknownst to the cast, one of their number is an alien dragon who is using the podcast to signal other members of his crew. There are mysterious forces, capitalized, trying to prevent the dragons from getting together so they can leave the planet. The players could be the cast of the podcast, some of whom are just human beings trying to get podcasts out on a regular schedule, but getting pulled into the intrigue. Someone keeps sabotaging their equipment slash recording slash website. Dragon could be the player who simultaneously needs the show to go out, and for others not to figure out they're not human. Hello, fellow humans. <laughs> there could also be another player from the Mysterious Force, who also needs to stay incognito while preventing the show from going to air. When play bogs down, there could be hints from a long-time listener, first-time poster on their site, who are actually dragons <laughs> in other countries, or from the MF, or a mixture of, if that fits the game better. Mechanically, I'm thinking it'd be something like Fiasco, so it's more out the drum and storytelling than group puzzle solving. Not sure how you'd keep secret identities in that system, so if there's a storytelling game that has a Cluedo kind of feel, that might work better. 
Alternatively, you could do a forum post game where all the players are either dragons or people pretending to be dragons. The actual dragons need to meet in secret on a particular date, so there's a timer running down to invitations go out. The people want to crash the dragon party. Every player can vote on whether other players should get the real invite or the fake one, and votes change right up to the minute the timer goes zero, at which point the invites go out by private message according to the, whether the other players voted you a dragon or not dragon. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> it's a link to a forum or a sub-forum. It's either a cave or a mountain that's been decorated with costume jewelry or whatever, and has whatever party food that you expect giant flying lizards to put out. This is the fake party. <laughs> the, the other one is the actual party, which can be anything from a penthouse suite with a string quartet to a serious business meeting to a rented farmhouse relaxicon. One of the mods GM thinks the fun. And very kind words. Thanks for keeping the show running. You guys are awesome. Also, thank you from the BRC fans for coming back and joining the fun. Thank you, guys. Ho- I hope you could get game ideas or entertainment for the next 100 shows. Yay, thank you, Tony, for that. It was an awesome idea. I personally immediately thought Paranoia or maybe Werewolf slash Mafia. But... Yes, that's what I was thinking of, too. Yeah. But slightly slightly less bitchy. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think a little bit about that Battlestar Galactica board game where one of the players is secretly a Cylon. That sounds rough. Yeah. Do you mean all the players are secretly Cylons? No. <laughs> that would be weird. That'd be an interesting game, though. It would be hilarious, yeah. <laughs> We're all coming mutant traders. <laughs> what? Well, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's sabotaging the ship, huh? Okay. <laughs> wow, this no, sucks. I feel dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's a. Let's say that's. I like that. It's definitely an awesome idea, and the idea of the idea of people going, ha. I'm going to vi- vote these obvious non-dragons off the island. <laughs> yes, that's pretty brilliant. Especially because at least half the time, those would be the actual dragons who are getting voted off the island. Mm. <laughs> Probably, yeah. And the humans, that, uh, the non-dragons, rather, would be the ones that are getting the invite, and they find out that it's, uh, that it's somewhere at an extremely high altitude in the Malias or something. Good luck getting there. There's mm. no way of getting to that unless you could... Oh... <laughs> well, that just makes it more obvious that it's not that place. That's the, it's just too convenient. I think you figured out how to weed them out effectively. You just invite them somewhere where you can't get there unless you have wings, and see who shows up. But do all dragons have? Do all dragons have wings? Mm. Saint George's dragon didn't. From all I the artwork we've seen, Chinese dragon. Look what happened to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm still That's stuck on Himalayas. Would be in the cave, though. It would be knights on sticks, <laughs> stuck in like giant half grapefruits. Party favors. <laughs> Nightcrackers. Which has a slightly different meaning in some places because crackers <laughs> the things you pull apart and then. It's like a wishbone. Yeah. yeah. Night Ooh, I got the small part. Yeah. But would, would there be a joke and a funny hat inside? Oh. <laughs> Hilarious. If you inflate the stomach, maybe. <laughs> then you have a toy. Speaking of things you shouldn't dig too deep into on the internet. Oh, <laughs> oh God. Alrighty, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw myself into the breach and read up my idea. Um, it, definitely, we've gotten some some commonalities, especially with the 
um, international theming. I definitely thought the strong international theme for different members of a kind of dreadfully unselfconscious butt rock band being themed around dragons of various nations. And just for the local content, I'd also throw in uh, New Zealand Tanifa, which is basically a gigantic water spirit that gets in the way of public works a lot. They're very environmentally conscious, which is nice. It's nice to see mythological creatures taking an interest in modern affairs. It doesn't happen enough in, in my view. In a positive way. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And just to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and double and triple down on the big red couch tropes, this is a Gua-like, over-the-top stadium rock band. Love it. Each of the each of the characters slash band members has uh, strong theming. They have nanotech costuming, which means they can do dragon shit as well on stage and breathe fire. And it's are, totally are they it's totally wearing awesome. dragon costumes over their dragon selves? I'm sorry to interrupt. I just need to ask that part. <clears> when you said Guar, are they wearing big rubber suits over their actual dragon bodies? <laughs> That you might just have made it more awesome. Like that. Uh, that would be even, even better. <laughs> it's like, I'm even a more awesome. Dressed even as a dragon. Awesome. <laughs> dragons okay. dressed as dragons. Nice, nice. I like it. Oh, for awesome. No one would ever suspect. No, <laughs> it's just a suit, man. <laughs> and, and and what's more, they, they are just they are just a rock band in the style of Metalocalypse. They are the driving <laughs> cultural <laughs> force at the heart of a generationship where they decant people you know when they're like 16 and 17 and they're doing this in, in shifts but they like, always have an audience of people who are just rocking out at this I, i'm thinking of a giant cylinder with an open end so you can see the stars with the stage strung across it so they just have the best set and the the most out just just totally out of this world kind of sort of presentation a an audience who's just woken up from hypersleep is completely bewildered and they do these shows to impress upon them the awesomeness of space travel and going through the, uh, going through the universe and when the shows are over they fight crime i love it <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> and i would i would go super i would make it as portentous and self-serious version of like the Power Rangers or something like that. How? I mean, <laughs> go on. <laughs> okay. There was an anime mentioned earlier, uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, which is sweet and beautiful and lovely and, and everyone should see it. It is actually pretty nice, yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense most of the time, but it, it's still it's it's still delightful. There was this the, in, the, in the last year or so, another anime re- released called Neo Yokio. No one's groaned, which means no one has seen it. Excellent. <laughs> it it's it was made by Netflix. It's not it's not natively Japanese, which which counts out for some people, but those people I think are being a little bit too serious about such things. But the character is voiced by Jaden Smith. He is an Magister Karat in Neo Yokyo, which is basically San Francisco, Tokyo, and New York smashed together at at speed. He has a Mecha Butler voiced by Jude Law. He is fighting for supremacy on the bachelor leadership boards of Neo Yokio and is a mopey emo idiot with the voice of Jaden Smith who is not trying too hard to sound anything other than like a mopey emo idiot. And you know you know how they say you can't polish a turd? You can see, you can see your soul in this. <laughs> it is almost transcendentally bad. <laughs> now look, I'm only on board if uh, Jane Smith is doing that accent from After Earth. 
pretty much. Uh, I didn't see too much of After Earth, but yeah. Ah, oh, they all sound like Elmer Fudd. <laughs> oh wow <laughs> that would have made it better but it's got Stephen Fry Steve Buscemi Peter Serafin which Joe DiMaggio Su- Susan Sarandon Richard Ayardi lots of lots of big name voice actors yeah. wait a minute Joe DiMaggio the baseball player John DiMaggio sorry if it was Joe DiMaggio oh. that, would, that would be a thing it is because I, I was I've been asking myself lately where have you gone Joe DiMaggio mm. <laughs> Jolton mm-hmm. Joe has left and gone away. I'm oh, sorry. Yes. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that sounds beautiful. Yeah. So, and so I would double down on the self-important craftiness of it and <sighs> really, really, really wallow, is, is, I think would be my approach. In my personal opinion, you can't go, you, you can't do much better as a referent than Death Clock Middlepocalypse. I mean, that's just fantastic. I just love the term majestocrat. I'm still dwelling on that. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. The, the show has wonderful ideas and then sort of fails to even engage with them because the <sighs> character can't be bothered. Much like the universe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Life. Don't talk to me about life. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of special. I would... Can't be it's not for everyone, but yeah. What system would you use for something like this? That is an excellent question. I mean, would it ha- it almost seems like you wouldn't want to be purely narrative with it. Like if you're making it super serious and everything like would you want to do some sort of old style like some retro clone hmm. tables of tables? Hmm. Just yeah. for atmosphere? Just and just for th- just odd things happening? Yeah, no, this is exactly. this isn't this isn't a good fit for any for anything off the top of my head because the idea of having giant pretentious tables for for things that shouldn't normally matter but they make you roll. Could it be a fiasco game? Yeah, it, it, fiasco mm-hmm. might be the, the the narrative direction you take it. Yeah, you could use GURPS. That's pretty free form. Hmm. Yeah, I'd been wondering Quags, but Quags might be a bit a bit light for that one. Quags mm. might be perfect. But I might be thinking that just because so many of their games have that, like, delightful tone. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, good point. Yeah. I mean, that's the people who brought us the excellent Leopard Women from Venus, for example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Funkadelic Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. M-Force. Yep. Hobomancer, which... Hobo yeah, the only... It's like, it would be a perfect game, except there's no way to do trains in it. <laughs> I, I can't believe they left it out. It's yeah, I know. That's... So obvious. They didn't Major oversight, leave it guys. out. <laughs> Major oversight. You could... They didn't leave it out, and there is no Vulcan death trip. <laughs> <laughs> He's so confused about that. Yes, there is, Eric. Vulcan death trip. Works every time. You just reach up there and you pinch, and boop, they drop to the ground. Yep. In a, in a related note, I suspect the next time I go to Gen Con, I'm going to be hunted down and murdered or at least beaten by somebody from Hex Games. Possibly everybody from Hex Games, and you know, it seems fair. There's worse ways to go, right? Yeah. yeah. It'd be a Gen Con. <laughs> that is yeah. true. At an absolute minimum. And, yeah. and at least for a while, you'll probably get some personal space. <laughs> <laughs> what, with all the, ta- with the tape and stuff? <laughs> oh, good point. Yeah, if they tape... I don't know, somebody might just think it's cosplaying. Uh, Gen Con. Yep. Death is the only way out. Or the exit over there to the right. Whichever. Also that. Gen Con. Yeah. You can check out any time you like. 
but you can never leave. <laughs> so you have a hotel, California. And it's on a dark desert highway. Mm-hmm. Right. The cool wind is in your hair. Are there any systems with a good countdown timer? Blades in the dark, apparently. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Zombie cinema. Oh, that's right, zombie. I'm a total fool. I have a copy of zombie cinema right here. <laughs> right here in my disgusting, grubby little manipulators. Mm. <laughs> okay, Go so that, on. that might be the one to use. Because I was thinking, I, I also had the idea of sort of over-the-top, like, James Bond-esque or, like, mm-hmm. even kind of Hoovian crimes. Hmm. The characters end up, uh, they are international detective dragons from outer space. They are assigned by an agency to stop others similar to themselves, other, like, dragon-like entities. Or perhaps you could have, a like, uh, a whole... Penelope of like semi-mythical creatures or aliens based on mythical creatures, not in a serious way at all, but like over the top, be crazy with it. They have to be stopped. They've got mastermind fiendish plans in action. You have to bounce from country to country, probably following like a, uh, you'd have a table for which of many, many possible outlandish events are the clue or one part of this plan in which of various countries. It'd be the GM would have to do a little bit of work kind of improvising, like, oh, how does it make sense? Uh, let's see, uh, a an improbable and daring theft in uh, Paris. Like, uh, what does that mean exactly? Oh, it's of a landmark. Okay, so Stoneman has stolen the Eiffel Tower. Hmm. Ooh, I like this. Each and one. And you could be like done with a deck of cards where you've got like suits mean what uh, like the what kind of like give an adjective. And, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, 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 and then the numbers uh, represent different possible things. Um, and then so the GM doesn't even know what it's going to be until the cards are flipped and then you just sort of have to improvise what what uh, so it's more, one of those freeform type. I like that better even mm-hmm. than my original idea, which was which was that the GM would be putting together this scheme as it's rolled up, similar ah. to like putting together some of the old wastelands from uh, old school hex crawls and things like that, where you'd be trying to make sense of your disparate roles. And apologies for cutting you off. That's all <laughs> good, brother. And there's some sort of like uh, there's this countdown timer that's leading to the completion of this thing. The only thing I I'm not sure about is what kind of system would work for that it, it it's almost like you'd be coming up with your own system but i mean that would just be for generating the characters to sort of be like helplessly thrown into this alien world called earth and having to go from country to country following the uh, the different clues around to get that international flavor maybe zombie cinema for the countdown timer but what would you use for the characters themselves? Peter Inspectors you... comes to mind. Yes. Mm. Something that pits the characters effectively against themselves. The, mm-hmm. the the villainy is a known quantity, but they have to get over their shortcomings to some degree, rather than you know there being an external thing. That everything proceeding normally, it would be a, it would be a fait accompli. They, they these are a, alien. I'm for some reason thinking Clash of the Titans, but you know. 
mythological creatures from outer space. Yeah, <laughs> mythological creatures from from outer space. But they have to deal with the situations that they they find themselves in. Some of the events on the tables would be outlandish, like the theft of the Eiffel Tower. Some would be remarkably mundane, to contrast the from outer space aspect of things mm. with the Earth aspect of things, to kind of highlight that from outer space part. Like uh, in uh, Rome, you have to help a doctor uh, deliver bread. <laughs> hmm. It would require a bit of work on the part of the GM, but I think it could be fun. Mm-hmm. They'd, yeah. definitely, they'd definitely be stringing together this this sense of continuity, uh, trying to establish some continuity in it, but you know that's the GM's job anyway. There was an old one a how... ways back uh, called, I think it was called Role-Playing Game Designate Robots. Or, like, role-playing designate robots, something like that. Totally freeform, characters randomly rolled different robot traits, and you as the GM had a list of secret objectives that you had to get the robots to meet uh, because it was some unfathomable AI plan. And there were things on the table like, meet a ghost, walk backward through a doorway, things like that. <laughs> and you as the GM were trying to set things up such that the the players would take those actions to fulfill your checklist. Wow. Yeah, that that sounds like mm. a psychologist came up with that one. <laughs> <laughs> this might be somewhat similar. Yeah, yeah. Well, depending on how silly you wanted to make it, if, if they're going to different countries to do oh, this, totally maybe silly. they maybe they're trying to, they, they don't realize that dragons are only myths as far as the people are concerned and they're constantly there and the dragons themselves are such that they can modify their abilities to match the dragons of whatever country they're going to, you know, whatever, you know, dragon mythology for the country they're going to visit. Yeah. And that's so, the thing. This one doesn't lean very heavily on the, on the dragons aspect. And I'm not sure how to make it do that. You're allowed to put a different weighting or misremember entirely different parts of the prompt. That has been established as part oh, of the, true the enough. Law. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> this is part of the canon of our show. We, we have a canon? I guess we what must are we sitting now. around here for? <laughs> I certainly like the idea this would be very much a Saturday morning cartoon kind of craziness and mm-hmm. Ex- mm-hmm. exist in that period of time where People could go to other countries, and it took the time it took to fly a little model plane with a red line behind it across a map. Um, yes. Because no one had access to the internet and flight timetables and knew about <laughs> customs and things like that. Stock footage of a plane taking off, stock footage of a roughly similar plane touching down. <laughs> well, that's all you really need anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly what I want. actually worked like of. that. Because who wants to watch your hero go through customs every time they go another country? Ah, oh, that could be one of the tables. Or oh. one of the tables, but one of the results on the on, on there is like a problem with customs because of your shoes. <laughs> uh, well, you've turned over clubs. It's the harrowing indignities uh, suite of cards. <laughs> TSA agent having a bad day. <laughs> and I am, in fact, uh, at this at this precise moment. Well, not right now. I'm not that rude, but uh, I am actually working up a thing that's uh, sort of dungeon-like. That's based on just drawing cards and like applying the results to different like subcategories, uh, similar to what you talked about there, Blankeek. 
Mm. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's a lot of fun to design. We'll see precisely how torturous it is to play. (laughs) (laughs) Just as soon as you round up the subjects, get the straps laid in. Yep, yep. You you know it is. And I, yeah, I can tell I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to people who know the game. Yeah, play play testing is a nightmare if you do it right. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Am and I still recording? Needs to cry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, you got to be a little sadistic. Anyway, that's fine. That's that's good. I like it. Have we have we lift anyone out? Is there anyone yet to? I think a few people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm? Uh, we, we we should probably leave we leave Mr. Five till last. Oh, okay. <laughs> Save the best, right? Oh, it's all his fault. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh yes, this is he's got to he's got to illuminate us what everything means. At the end of the podcast we'll understand what this has all been for, what the and what the meaning the meaning of life is basically. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Like I said, anticlimactic, but please proceed. <laughs> Again, much like the real universe. <laughs> My mom had a near-death experience other, a few years ago. She, I asked her what it was like. She said, eh. <laughs> was, was Wasn't there one one left at least? Oh, I went. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We had several of us kind of like daisy chain mm-hmm. off, of, uh, mm-hmm. off, of, off of Blind Geeks. Mm-hmm. I think that might, I, idea. might leave kind of me. Oh, goodness. Oh, right. Yeah, see, I could have got away with it if it weren't for you pesky kids. <laughs> <laughs> he says, by way, by way of a cunning intro into International Detective Dragons from Outer Space, the Kids on Bikes adventure. Beautiful. <laughs> because what that, what that title reminded me of was just the, the grandiose titles of investigative groups in... Kids on bikes, sort of adjacent stories. So the famous mm-hmm. five, Secret Seven, the three investigators, etc. Yeah, yeah, the choose your own adventures. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I am thinking of it very much as as a a milk and cookies adventure, which I figure is sort of the the more wholesome equivalent of a beer and pretzels game. Already, <laughs> that you've got the the self titled and incredibly grandiosely named International Detective Dragons from Outer Space. These are a bunch of kids with bicycles investigating strange happenings in their hometown. I'd probably use a system... Probably I'd just blatantly rip off uh, Peter and the Monsters, which I believe Blind Geek ran a game of a while ago? Attempted, yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that was a... um... The writing on that module left something to be desired. Yes, it did, and that was I. I, I that is my excuse, and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, yeah. that was nothing to do with you. That was uh, that was all the director. From the audience point of view, it was a lot of fun, though. Good. Oh, it was fun when we were doing it. I just there were <laughs> there were key facts that were left out that that I wish had not been because they came up. Like, mm. where in the hell are all the cell phones? And <laughs> so, yeah, that's... why is this guy doing that thing that he's doing that you mentioned he's doing, but there's no reason for it other than just it moves the plot along? Ah, yeah, the, as it... a convenient plot device, old man yes, Jenkins was... is right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah, so I would go with but the, the, the milk and, yeah the milk and cookies 
Peter and the Monsters sort of game of kids investigating strange slash spooky stuff around their hometown. I'm thinking sort of your in your, your Gravity Falls kind of um, mm-hmm. kind of game. If you wanted to go a little bit a little bit darker on it, I'd actually tap into that whole thing of well, I don't know what it's like for yeah, for anybody else, but an enormous number of the sort of the Dungeons and Dragons fantasy games invariably seem to end up with a bunch of people on a quest where because of character death and players changing characters, the actual people who complete the quest weren't there at the start. Oh. So I'm imagining a yeah, same sort of idea of the kids group of the international detective dragons from outer space. And this has just been, it's just been a thing. There's a clubhouse, there's memorabilia, oh. but there's nobody still in the club who was ever there when it started. They have no idea why it's called international detective dragons <laughs> from outer space. <laughs> and suddenly the reason why it's called that becomes relevant and they really, really need to know. That's brilliant. That is good. And they all have sty- neatly stylized dragon patches on their, on the shoulder of their jackets. Nice. If you color code them, you can get back to the power Rangers. <laughs> and, and isn't that some all red dragon? The gold. Oh, that's awesome! And <laughs> for some reason, one of them has a magic leader. bow, another has a magic shield. And then... <laughs> one of them has heart, I guess. And then there's this little unicorn for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> the the idea that the the secret club, the the this this thing, has had members matriculate out just because you know they can. You know, actual teenagers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and but they're currently now several generations removed from the people who actually set up, possibly for a serious reason. Yeah, and yeah. there could be a reason that it's still in this town. Or what are the odds that some of their parents might have been earlier members? Hmm. Do they remember? Do they know? Ooh. Is there a good reason why they quit? Yeah, mm-hmm. and do they keep it a secret? Or is, it, or is it just something kids know about? Mm-hmm. It's a bit like it, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I figure if you go with the, if you go down the direction of why is it called that, you then, yeah, your eventual, yeah, you're starting out at Scooby Doo territory. Your eventual mm-hmm. destination is it. <laughs> what a great arc to take <laughs> players through, especially if you can somehow build that into like mechanics in the game like using phases or something like that oh and have different mechanical prompts and cues and stuff that could that could really be a good game mm-hmm. something kind of like the game hellas where you start out now they use death we don't have to use death in this but they you start out with one character and when your character dies the sun or whatever because it's meant to be long epic greek mythology type quest the sun takes over and continues where the father left off i mean it's i'm not it's not an exact match uh not match what's the word dang it it doesn't go perfectly hand in hand with it but it's it's kind of i'm thinking something along that kind of a line where you you start playing one character and then in the course of the arc uh, a mechanic would would suggest that you change characters it gets Um, handed off to the next character and nice depends which way you're inheriting that. You could either start with either the original kids or, or someone who knows something about it and hand over to subsequent generations of kids. 
or you could have the the, the the inciting event take place and then hand it back to the generations of teens, 20-somethings, adults, everything getting more... When you, when you mentioned the parents, I was thinking it would be cool to have... You know, on one hand, you've got the kids who are trying to keep it a secret from the parents. On the other hand, you've got the parents who used to be members, but they don't. They're trying to keep that a secret from the kids. So nobody's being honest about anything because they don't want mm. the other side to know what's going on. If you're inheriting things, you mentioned memorabilia. Uh, what if there were some sort of um, some sort of mechanic or or something like that where you would contribute memorabilia? Uh, maybe they could be, I don't know, aspects or something like that that oh. would be left behind for like the next quote-unquote generation to find. I don't know how you do that, but I feel like there's some potential there. Definitely. Very much so. Yeah, you could invest those with the, I mean, the significance which becomes possibly, I mean, if you're doing a, a, an, an it-style thing, it would be the weapons that you use to defeat the thing mm-hmm. that prompted the, mm-hmm. the inciting the inciting creature slash scary clown um but yeah yeah it has to be snuck up on sort of like across time like Mm. through multiple generations if we're bringing in some uh some it cosmological horror type stuff if you made this a fate game you could make it what's the highest milestone no we actually we were just joking about that the other day in my other group because we're like the the names are wrong (laughs) the people who designed this did it wrong <laughs> um, it's, I think the major. Uh, hold on, I think you got major and then significant, but I'll look it up right this very second. Okay. Well, anyway, what, anyway, whatever the biggest one is, whatever the biggest yeah. one is, that one of the options could be uh, you make an as you make one of the aspects that are on the table at the moment. Um, as we know, equipment can be an aspect or whatever, a handoff aspect, hmm. and it just sticks around. Basically, for the rest of the game. Yeah. Nice. So you're you're building a mythology. You're building a, a an arsenal yeah. of sacred kind of objects, almost. Yeah. As well as building the mythology. What if that indicated something about the threat itself? Like what people are contributing and what the what the players are. Ah. The the secret behind what the, the town or something. Hmm. It is for reference and for any of the uh, for the audience who is uh, probably screaming what it is. <laughs> uh, they are minor, significant, and major. With major ah. being the largest one. Okay. Okay. I suppose one question is: Would you have for the big finale the situation where you've got multiple generations of the kids, the um, the the international detective dragons from outer space all kind of pitching in to solve the problem that could be pretty cool yeah especially if you'd gone several sessions game phases or whatever without those characters that you created and maybe came to know and love a little bit you get to have the all-star cast for the mm-hmm and the the reason I so <laughs> the, the reason I think about it is I was I haven't yet seen the second season of Stranger Things, but ah. it struck me in the the finale of the first season that you essentially have three groups who are almost playing three different games that mm-hmm. they're at at least for most of it three completely different threat levels, three completely different levels of risk, all mm-hmm. contributing to the same solution. 
it'd be a bugger of a thing to try to capture in a uh, in a game. But if you could do it, yeah, that, mm. if you had a good group of players who uh, who really like were leaning into it and invested in it, um, I it I think you could totally pull off that idea. I think it would work great. Yeah, to a degree, you've got to have people who are prepared to 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 let go and mm-hmm. allow things to and and put the character inside, and then possibly have them have a regretful. Um, regretful normal life outside of the game, but only but to have them come back triumphantly near the finale. Mm-hmm. But you could like pick and choose your favorite characters from the um, so multi generational troop play is yeah. not something I have come across before, which that's damned interesting. That's something I've always kind of wanted to do, but never found the right game to do it in. I might just have to steal this idea and run it. <laughs> you, should, you should totally do that. Yeah, I mean, Ars Magica was always the one we were going, hey, this is true play idea is amazing. But It is it, pretty cool. It's hard to make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The it's... closest thing I've seen are G.I. Joe style games where, like, uh, Jingo, from, keep bringing up tech games, uh, but, good old Jingo. Um, where, or, or uh, whatever the, whatever the G.I. Joe, there's a, it's the same word I was looking for before, and I can't, but whatever the G.I. Joe the thing word is, you're looking analog, for. thank analog. you, god dang it. <laughs> yes. I am your Broncos okay. region. You you are, man. That, okay. <laughs> the, whatever the G.I. Joe analog is in the Cartoon Action Hour games, I know there is one, and they bring up the idea that you, you might play Swamp Rat in one adventure and then play, uh, I don't know, Kringle in another where you're in the North right, Pole, so right. you don't want the art. Um, and you can't really – so you have a bunch of characters on standby. Whichever one you happen to need at any given time could be the one that you bring out. It's, God, the thing that's the closest like that thing I've seen to true play like that. Yeah. That reminds me like of that the old. Me oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Reminds me of the old um, um, Dragonlance campaign, where mm-hmm. in different modules oh, yeah. you played a different set of characters depending who was involved. Yeah. I had completely forgotten about the Dragonlance campaign. Most of us mm-hmm. have. <laughs> <laughs> there are a few now who do. <laughs> in some ways, it's a good thing, but. <laughs> Hey, they're bringing it back for 5th edition, I think, so that'll be interesting. Cut to Ooh. someone presenting a child with the red box. Your father wants you to have this when you are older. <laughs> <laughs> but your uncle, but your uncle wouldn't allow it. <laughs> Very much like that, actually, yeah. <laughs> uh, a setup like that would totally make me crave the redemption arc for some character. Mm. Depends where it's going, but that's Oh, true. you got it. All right, all right. Well, it's a good thing this is recorded because I don't have to service my campaign notes. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I've got the right group to run this with too. Well, you know, if 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 only the technology existed to somehow run the game and record it and then put the info. Uh, well, I'm I'm dreaming. God, yeah, yeah. that'll never yeah. happen. Never happen. Legends say that the ancients possess such means. <laughs> those arts are lost to us now. Lost with Atlantis. And that leaves only one. Mm. There can be only one. This has been fascinating. This, I mean, seriously, it's been, just from that one phrase, from that one title, this has been uh, extremely, uh, extremely interesting to hear. All the different directions it could go in. Um, yeah, if if, uh, if if uh if I'm to lend any any gravitas 
um, to help uh, celebrate 100 episodes of The Big Red Couch, then I suppose it would be the final after 11 year uh, revelation of uh, why the podcast was called International Detective Dragons from Outer Space. It would be to uh, it would be to do just that because there there isn't another episode of IDD FOS for me to promise. <laughs> I was going to say, should we find out on the next episode of The Big Red Couch? Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be perfect. If you've been putting it off this okay. long, you can put it off from another venue as well. Just to keep it going. The handball. <laughs> I, I was I was vaguely expecting with that big lead up to say, and I can say none of your business. Click. <laughs> <laughs> well, the reason actually is. Um, <laughs> oh no! Don't. <laughs> God bless you <laughs> and all your kin. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm oh. going to tell. I really thought that was it and you were hanging up. <laughs> so did I. And I was like, wait, <laughs> no, I, I will personally make sure the devil doesn't know you're dead until half an hour you're in, after you're in heaven, sir. That was amazing. I might as well get it off my chest. And, and for our 100th episode, Blind Geek um, came up with uh, uh, a song adaptation that quite seriously put me in tears when I was listening to it. And he was awe. It was that good. Yeah. And I think if, if only uh, as, as a long, uh, long overdue thank you to him, he's also tonight going to find out why the podcast was called International Detective Dragons from Outer Space. And it was, uh, it, it's really, uh, as I suspected, it's going to be anticlimactic, but this is the reason. Guys, I'm genuinely excited. 11 mm. no reason to be really seriously 11 years ago mm. uh when when uh, i was listening to other podcasts and uh and and at the same time of course taking in whatever media uh, mass mass media um mainstream media that i was taking in and i wasn't taking in very much because none of it none of it probably continues today to a certain extent we're were asking any of the questions that were relevant or interesting or thought-provoking. It was just schlock. Mm-hmm. It was all lowest common denominator crap that didn't invoke thought, didn't invoke uh, introspection or, or examination of the simplest of questions. And I thought, all right, I'm hearing all these other podcasts. These folks are doing their thing and talking about what they want to talk about. I'm curious as to why things are the way they are. And I was 46 at the time and still considered by myself to be extremely ignorant to some very basic things like, uh, you know, Billy Joel can write the song, We Didn't Start the Fire. And I was thinking, yeah, well, and who did? And why does it, why does it keep burning? And what's behind all this? What's going on and why? And I thought, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a podcast. And I was extremely ambitious at the time. And um, I think I highly overestimated the amount of time and energy that I would have to put into this thing. And it was going to be a very, very different format. It wasn't going to be just me with a recorder sitting outside of the shop I used to work at or driving in my car uh, doing a 
just doing the solo version of what I, what it turned out to be, as everyone has heard, who's listened, of course. Uh, it was going to be performed. It was going to be a story. It was going to be an ongoing semi-work of fiction, semi-interaction with the audience, in which uh, uh, I would uh, include sound effects uh, for everything, of course, uh, different characters uh, with different character voices, of course, and the premise was that a fleet of historian ships, uh, uh, in, in interstellar historian vessels, that in that uh, were were intent on, and their main purpose was to look at, examine, and report back on other cultures in the galaxy, where the uh, this fleet of ships was approaching Earth. And the idea was that uh, that uh, they were going to land and inter interact with the population and and discover what they could uh, about what was up with these humans. And the year that they were supposed to land was 1906. At any rate, it was going to be uh, 100 years b before um, IDDFOS came out. In, in the first episode, and of course, some kind of uh, some kind of an error took place in the navigation. One ship got too close to another. The matrix, the field, the whatever it was that they were using for interstellar travel, uh, collapsed, broke, spun them off into different directions, and only one ship managed to land on Earth intact, crash land, and and burrowed itself beneath the Earth outside some farm in an obscure area. In, in the wrong time, they landed in uh, 2006 rather than 1906, and the culture and the times that they had vaguely some idea of what was vastly different, of course. And the ship itself was uh, was equipped with an AI. It had one of those uh, uh, one of those uh, built-in consciousness type of things but it was very still very robotic still very artificial intelligence and it itself had uh, had I, I think the um the mildest understanding of idioms and uh colloquialisms and fuzzy thinking but it was still extremely very functional in full control of the ship and uh able to offer assistance to the crew who were intent on carrying out their mission and it would have been myself playing whoever the leader of the group was and myself playing whoever the engineer was and whoever the medical officer was and whoever all, all the different parts. Uh, I was nothing if not um, an incurably, an incurable ham uh, to, to think I was going to be able to pull this off. And I, I, I ended up losing, uh, I, I think losing the, uh, the, the, um, idea of trying to to get that done um because when i started the podcast i think things had picked up in terms of uh uh daily uh daily requirements at work and in real life so it it ended up being an entirely different format but i still needed a name for the show and the name for the show was going to be based on the end of the first episode and i'm at a handicap here because I did actually record that first episode in the original format and have since completely lost that recording. Uh, yeah. Along with the script. Ooh. But the basic, uh, the basic premise was that as the leader, 
I sent uh, I sent our group off to be uh, the researchers that they were meant to be, uh, and was just leaving the ship and realized that as we were going to be posing as a uh, a group similar to what we expected to find in 1906, like the Benevolent Order of uh, Optimists or um, the the Loyal Order of Elks or, or whatever the current secret and public groups of uh, of folks that uh, formed organizations and traveled around being uh, being just uh, benevolent groups or charitable organizations in order to uh, have a cover of some kind for for having meetings and and traveling about and as a leader i was uh, i was delegating it to the ship's computer as I was leaving the ship. Oh, and we'll need a cover name, uh, something that uh, something that puts people off their guard and relaxes them. Tell them, tell them that we cross all borders, that all we seek is the truth, that we try to represent the oldest wisdom, the greatest might, and the noblest of intentions and power that any creature could have, and that we're that were from from far away uh, come up with a, a title for our our group and and that's what we'll call ourselves uh in the meantime lock up the ship keep everything secure make sure we're we're screened masked no one can find us and i'll be back in a few days <laughs> and so the ship's ai takes exactly what he said mulls it over and realizes that what the group should be called was international detective dragons from outer space very nice. Why the podcast International Detective Dragons from Outer Space. There you have it. As a gift and a help and a help to celebrate your one hundredth episode. Um, and impressed as hell over the fact that after so many years that phrase has now been able to lend to the festivities here as part of your format of coming up with uh, deep, thought-provoking, introspective, intelligent treatment of phrases of all kinds over all this time that transcend and surpass and soar above the mainstream, which remains today, for the most part, not asking uh, the kinds of questions that folks should be contemplating or engaging the kinds of conversations that uh, you guys have held and have entertained people low these 100 episodes. Congratulations to you. And my thanks once again, uh, obviously, for inviting us over to help you celebrate. Here, here. Nope. Thank yes. you. <laughs> what he said. And here, you here. heard it here, folks. Big Red Couch and M5 approved. <laughs> a five A. We need a big sticker and a stamp. You can... <laughs> Some sort of auditing process. Yeah. My approval on a dollar fifty will get you a cup of coffee. No worries. <laughs> you get your get your approval for a cup of coffee and a dollar fifty. I'll approve anything. Send me some coffee. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that that story with us. Uh, that's a, that's amazing. Um, yeah, it really and, is yeah. awesome. Not anticlimactic at all from this end. No, not at all. Know. A little that bit. Was great. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
and maybe someone might be brave enough to actually pull it off in their own little in their own version uh, where they perform all the parts and <laughs> now I mean looking back at it was that was uh, that was just that was egotistical and arrogant as hell to think I was going to put on a play every damn week with four or five different characters examining uh, the change of culture over a hundred years in the was, United States and the world. <laughs> it was ambition and hope, and I think the world needs more of that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, probably. Indeed. And, yeah, I think, I, think we, I, I feel that I should congratulate all of us, and I'm not just speaking about the podcast or listeners, everyone in general, that we've made it this far. Things have been mm. hairy lately. Oh, <laughs> When you asked uh, when we first got together, how's everybody been? I was going to say, oh, I've just been obsessed with YouTube political videos. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a, yeah. That's a, that's a deep well. Yeah, I've, I've oh. given up on YouTube political videos. I'm instead watching a Norwegian metaller do covers of various other songs. There you go. <laughs> a Norwegian meddler do covers of YouTube political videos. That would that would be that better. Might be entertaining. Yeah. Not gonna lie, that might actually be pretty good. There is <laughs> the, the, there is a song out there by I think Coheed and Cambria who took a bunch of judicial comments by uh, the the late Supreme Court Justice um, Scalia and put them to music. Oh, yeah, there's an. There's another group, I can't remember their name, but they took a bunch of uh, uh, Trump's tweets and turned them into a, an 80s emo rock song, <laughs> which was actually quite funny how well they kind of worked. And I people I say the man is not contributing to the arts. <laughs> if we are going to talk about musical interpretations of politicians, uh, Cassette Boy's remix of political speeches to various things, <laughs> pretty amazing. Yeah. There was also somebody who remixed Donald Trump into the uh, the Talking Heads song. Um, once in a Lifetime. Once in a Lifetime. That was that was amazing. <laughs> really. Oh, yes. <laughs> Is that the You May Find Yourself song? Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think I've heard that. That was that was great. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, do do check that out. That's that's incredible. I think I think Pogo needs to get in on this and do some stuff with uh, Trump speeches. I think they probably have similar views on a lot of things. So you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait until I think we're finally starting to get around to the point where we're going to have the power to quash this kind of disrespectful, un-American <laughs> talk. <laughs> I would just love to be around. I'd really love to be around in 20 years when the TV movie of this whole uh, this whole year comes out. Mm. I don't. I don't want to release that. With so. Mark Ruffalo and Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> be an after-school special uh, nope. movie. I suspect we'll be looking at like, musical theater of some kind. Mm. <laughs> nice. Ugh. Ugh. Like the producers, Ooh, but about Donald Trump. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It'll <laughs> like Sweeney Todd, or it'll uh, it'll have uh, inflatable um, farting bladders at the end. Good, good old traditional medieval humor. Great. That's um, yeah. hitting people with pig bladders. I'm I'm liking the theory I've heard heard recently that uh, you know, there is an upcoming wedding in the British royal family, and mm. this means that somebody with American citizenship 
is going to be part of uh, the, the British royal house, mm-hmm. which means that potentially if they play their cards right and can get the child of that relationship into the White House, <laughs> ah. we get the empire back. <laughs> <laughs> or at least the, the most disagree- you know what? disagreeing After chunk of it. After the reign of this idiot, you're welcome to it, my friend. Here, <laughs> take it. <laughs> the smoking charred heap of what's left. <laughs> We're sorry. We never should have left you. We're so sorry. Ask mom if we can have our room back. <laughs> That's okay. I'm expecting a certain amount of that in these parts in the year to come. With the oh, we don't need Europe. What do we need Europe for? Oh, wait. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everything saw, plus cafe workers. Oh, man. Did anybody else see the bumper sticker uh, with the red, white? Uh, it, it was it was a bumper sticker, red, white, and blue flag, and it said, any functioning adult, 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so <crap>. disrespectful. <laughs> and deservedly uh, so. <laughs> Wow. Okay, I think we have covered all of the usual bases and provided a bumper episode. We've we've been we've been editing down to like forty five minutes lately, so um, yeah. this is yeah. this is going to be that ain't happening on this one. <laughs> no, sorry guys, it's <laughs> going to be <laughs> yeah. It's, it's... It takes us over forty five minutes to say hello. <laughs> episode two hundred point one. We don't even. <laughs> We're lucky yep. we get started an hour in. Well, 100.1. And, and, and I have to tell you this like a bunny. I have to tell you this before I forget, because it was the universe all coming together. You, I think Adam told you that I was going to be late because I had to go pick up a sofa on the way here. Guess mm-hmm. what it was? Just guess. No. Can you? Probably some sort Honest of job, small, maybe green red couch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Finally, oh, yeah, are you guys going to be jealous when you how the red, big red couch got its name? Uh, the other one is red velvet. So um, I, just, I had to tell you that before I forgot because it was too funny. Did you take pictures? Awesome. Um, I did not because I was busy toting and hauling the damn thing, but I will tomorrow. <laughs> before, because it's going to get stripped. It's not going to stay a big red couch. It's going to become a big beige damask gold something something couch but whatever so, right. a big beige davenport uh, it's gonna stay a couch gonna stay a couch davenport. it's gonna change colors but it tonight for tonight it was a big red awesome <laughs> in your honor that's what i went to fetch <laughs> the story behind what the 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 big big red and couchness part of the podcast was literally that was in the room when we started recording ah. <laughs> Looking around, uh, big beige refrigerator. Now, find a board ground carpet. No, medium sized particle board desk. No, that doesn't quite roll off the tongue. Or, or, or crawling eldritch damp spot uh, going up the wall was probably the other contender. So, yeah, I like like that one. Hard to to say sometimes, but I like that one. Yeah, it was either that or the big foam D6. That's But the big red couch is where our, our collective asses were parked for oof, at least the first 30-odd episodes. <laughs> wow. 
Um, it's it's gone on to a successful career in supporting counsellors and counsellees at a, at a uh, local practice. So it's doing okay. You don't have to worry about it. <laughs> if only they knew the history. They would never enter that practice again out of terror. <laughs> oh, wait, nobody else was thinking that. Awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so many terrible ideas have soaked into that couch over the years. Make me a hundred more at least. Here, here. <laughs> Thank you. Was, well, this, was this going to be your holiday show, or is that going to... Is that something... Uh, this... Yeah. This is more or less the Christmas episode because this this Do you want us to sing carols? Let's all pick a different ones. Pick, pick exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. One, two, three. That would be a good idea. God rest in but as for me and Grandpa, we And on that horrifyingly discordant note, I would like to once again thank the th- thank you all for coming on the show. Uh, Please, God, never come back here again. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Open invitation. Oh, that's a lot of fun. Oh. Um, well, thank I'm you. Thank glad you. you were able to make it. I'm incredibly <laughs> grateful that you were willing to give up a evening of gaming for. Oh wow! This. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Did I thanks, not tell guys. you that? Bit? Yeah. Oh, wow. um, yeah. No, no I'm, I'm suitably impressed. <laughs> and thank you. This show is all the better for your presence. Um, oh. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. And it was a pleasure. At some day, maybe we can overtake. (laughs) Oh, the gauntlet goes down. Challenge, throw it down. (laughs) If you do weekly, you can do that. (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah, you we, can do we, it, Craig. I, I believe in you. I've always believed in you. <laughs> Wait, I thought you believed in me. Wait a minute. You can believe in multiple things at the same time. Oh, no, you can't. God, that's how politics works. Even, even contradictory things. You try, yes. haven't you? It doesn't matter if the videos are real. <laughs> that is from a movie, damn it. What movie? I believe in you. I've always it. believed in you. What is that yeah. from? The Tick. Uh, mm. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I, was gonna guess I believe I in you, President Carter. Was way out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was all you can do is try, and they can't take that away from you. Mm, true enough. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I need to get going, but if you all want to chat a little bit, you can. But it's a bit of a pleasure, and um, look forward to meeting up with you guys again sometime. Here, here. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you all. And from the big red couch, that's. Good night. Good night. Good night, everybody. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under attribution, non-commercial, share-alike, 3.0 unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time.
I'm, I'm going to put myself on mute so the people that own this establishment can get on with their business. No, <laughs> You're here. Good I'm idea. Wrong. That's a good point. Yes. We're supposed to be the guests. No, I'm, I'm liking the idea of just running all of that and then just kind of <laughs> sort of lumping in with. Wait, what show am I listening to? Yeah. You edit? Wow. What's this word edit? Understand. <laughs> we we try we try I think I think it it adds at least ten IQ points to the pair of us. But, uh, <laughs> but it it is nice. To be-